Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers, and welcome to episode 18 of season four. You guys have no idea what it took me to get this episode out this week. I was on vacation last week when Joanna's episode released, and my computer crashed, my laptop, which I use for pretty much everything, but all of my stuff for the podcast is on that laptop. And um, I had backed it up, but not recently enough. So that's a long, long saga. But I am going through a lot to try to get this episode out this week. And I hope that you enjoy it. This is Amanda Cox. Um, We're going to talk, I'm going to share my conversation that I had with her in just a moment. But um, before we get to that, I want to remind you, as always, how you can help the show. Number one, follow or subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, please subscribe or follow the show on there. Secondly, rate and review the podcast. That even just a few words of a review just helps other people get to hear about the podcast, other people who will enjoy this, historical fiction lovers. If you'd like to join our group on Facebook, look for Historical Fiction Unpacked Podcast Group and join that group. I love some of the conversations we get to have in that group about the podcast. And then, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at Historical Fiction Unpacked. And if you want to support the show with your pocketbook, please go to patreon.com slash Allison Treat. That's Allison with one L, A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T. Now about Amanda Cox, I really loved talking to her. Amanda Cox is the author of The Edge of Belonging and The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery. She holds a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology and a master's degree in professional counseling. But her first love is communicating through story. Her studies and her interactions with hurting families over a decade have allowed her to create multidimensional characters that connect emotionally with readers. She lives in East Tennessee with her husband and their three children. I really enjoyed this conversation with Amanda. Now, keep in mind that I talked to her again. I'm releasing this way after the fact. And my apologies about that, but um, I know you'll enjoy it anyway. And even listening to this again in order to edit it just um, reminded me that I would love to read this book over the summer. It's one of those that I was not able to get my hands on before the interview, but I'm so intrigued by it. And I think the story sounds amazing. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Amanda Cox. Amanda, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Your latest novel, The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery, released in September. Can you tell me about this book? So The Secret Keepers of Old Depot Grocery is a story about three generations of women whose lives have been impacted by a small family-owned grocery store in a big way, which might sound kind of an odd um, location for your life to be impacted in a really big way, Um, but a story that has two timelines. And so when you meet Sarah in the present day timeline, um, she's been through some tragedy in her life, which has led her to want to move back home. And she's got it in her head that she is going to help her mother and her grandmother run the store that's been in their family. And it's a dream that she's kind of 
pushed to the background for various reasons, um, but she's going to come back home and run the store. But when she gets back, her mother, Rosemary, tells her that the store is going to close. But then um, her grandmother, Glory Ann, recognizes that Sarah has been through some things. And the store has really been a staple in Glory Ann's life through some difficult situations. So that um, kind of leads her to a place where Sarah and Glory Ann are going to fight for the store, where the mother is wanting to close the store. Mm. And so through the whole process, it appears the store is going to have to close. And these decades old secrets that you get to see in the past timeline collide with the present. And it forces these women to face the secrets that they've kept that have unknowingly shaped their lives, each one of their lives in really big ways. Yeah, it, it sounds amazing, honestly. I, and I told you earlier when we were talking that um, I wasn't able to read this book and, and I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't make the time and get the, to get my hands on it. Um, but what, what inspired you to write this story? So one thing um, that I wanted to write, I had, you know, finished my debut novel and I was thinking about the next book that I wanted to write. And I, my mind kept going back to a grocery store that my grandmother and grandfather owned um, out in a small town in West Tennessee. And I, it was a place that when we would go and visit um, our family out there, because I live in East Tennessee, they live in West Tennessee across the state. And so mm -hmm. whenever we would go to visit, of course, we would visit everyone's houses, but we always made a trip to Old Depot Grocery. Um, and so I have these memories of just running up and down the aisles um, while my parents were talking, playing hide and seek with my brother. And I really wanted to, because it has such fond memories in my childhood, I really wanted to bring it to life almost as a character of its own. Um, so the big inspiration for the story was just bringing this store back to life in a fictional setting with fictional characters. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. So one of the reasons that I'm dying to read this book now is that it's dual timeline, as you mentioned. Um, I just love dual timeline or time slip novels. So I'm wondering what, what made you decide to write it this way? Um, for me, I, my debut was a dual timeline also. And so okay. in the, through the process of writing that book, I really fell in love with writing that style of story. Um, my background's in professional counseling, and there's something about sitting with a person and looking at their past and looking at their present and seeing how those things ha are impacting, like the past has impacted the present. Uh, so when I was writing this story, I really wanted to show the way that um, that family store had changed over the years and how people's interactions in a community had changed over the years. So a big part of that dual timeline was getting to show on the page how the past really impacted the present. And sometimes what might seem like a small thing in the past, you get to see some of the bigger repercussions of it in the present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that about dual timelines. So whose stories do you tell in this? Do you tell all three generation generations or do you tell um, are there just, uh, it's dual, so there must just be two, right? Um, the way that it's kind of structured is you have the present day timeline that's running, and then you have the past timeline that starts in 1965 with uh, Glorianne, the grandmother, and she's 19 years old. And when you meet her, um, she has just revealed to her family that she is pregnant with her fiance's baby who passed away um, mm -hmm. while fighting in Vietnam. And okay. so, 
you kind of follow her. And so the way that it works is the past timeline moves forward in time, kind of running. um, You have these two converging lines of the past converging with the present. So you get to see um, these three women in various stages of their life. So you start with Glorianne as a 19 year old, but you also get to see the mother Rosemary and her growing up and her raising and her interactions with her sister And so you get to see all three women, all three of their point of views from different points in history. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So how does that then show, you mentioned how the past influences the present. How does this, how does this novel show that? And, and what types of things does it show that we carry through the generations? Well, when you meet um, Glorianne, um, it's not too much of a spoiler to reveal that she moves to the small town and marries the shopkeeper. It's kind of like this marriage of convenience to save the family reputation um, that she feels kind of forced into and pressured into her by her family. And mm-hmm. another thing that she's pressured into is the keeping of the secret of who this baby actually, who the father of this baby actually is. And so you kind of see this heritage. You see some really cool elements of heritage and legacy that are passed on. But you also get to see some that are not so great and not so healthy, um, like the idea of keeping secrets, Um, the idea of not talking about the difficult things in life, that you're supposed to hold those back um, Mm -hmm. and not let people see those elements of your life. And so that's one of the not so great things that you get to see carried through each one of these women's lives in different ways. Um, And then some of the positive things that you get to see is the idea, the resilience of not um, folding under difficult times and the way that they find a way forward through the um, difficulties that they face. Mm, Yeah. Sounds amazing. Um, So you mentioned that your, your background is in professional counseling. Are you still working as a professional counselor as well as writing or that's something that's kind of been put on um, kind of to the side for this point in life. Um, Before I had kids, that was uh, really where I functioned and I worked to families. Some of it of the time was with through a church setting. Some of it was through counseling agency settings. Um, But then once my second child was about to be born, I um, decided that it was time to stay home for a little bit. Um, And during that time frame is when I really started to dig in and start actually writing. And so it was a way for my mind to be creative in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, When the kids would go to sleep, then that was kind of my time to have sort of a creative outlet. And so that's when writing started to really... um, take the center stage. Oh, great. Um, so how do you feel? You mentioned this a little bit, but I wonder if you could go deeper into how you feel like that field of work affects your writing. Yeah, I think it has a really big impact. Um, I kind of have that analytical mindset when I'm creating characters. Um, just like when I, if I was sitting down with a counseling client, we would want to know kind of their background and where they come from and how they were raised and taking that time to kind of look at how those elements are coming through their present life. And if those elements are serving them well, or if they're not serving them well and ways that we can move forward with that information. Um, And the time that I've spent with my education on human development and um, 
just finding emotional intelligence and things like that and helping people find those things. I try to do those similar elements with the characters that you meet on the Mm. page. Yeah, that's cool. Then I bet it really makes the characters more multidimensional. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. That is the goal is for them to come across as regular everyday people who have, you know, the difficulties as well as, you know, just a well-rounded character. They have strengths, they have weaknesses. Right. Yeah. Um, so your novel also talks about the dynamics between mothers and daughters. Why did you decide to focus on that relationship in particular? It's kind of funny. Um, when I um, finished the book, I was kind of sitting there thinking, I was like, why Why did I choose mothers and daughters? I was always kind of a daddy's girl growing up. Um, you know, I always wanted to kind of enter into his world. And um, I was kind of like, why Why did I focus on mothers and daughters? And so I have a great relationship with my mom. It's not that I don't. It was just right. that, you know, I was the one trying to creep into my dad's garage to see what he was tinkering with so I could mm. figure out like his world. Um, and I was always kind of like, I wanted to be climbing trees, playing in the dirt. That was me as a kid. Yeah. But I have a little girl who is my sidekick and she is like since day one she's just been attached to my hip mimics everything mm. I do um always trying to enter she's the mama's girl she's always trying to enter into my world and you know if I'm writing a book she wants to know about what I'm writing and why I'm writing it if I'm um whatever hobby that I'm engaged in suddenly I'll find her play doing a play version of the thing that I'm doing um oh. and it's it just sort of hit me one day how much influence that I was having on her little life. And it really made me start to think and reflect about how mothers and daughters impact one another, sometimes in ways we don't even realize. Because I think back to my mom, and even though I was the kid always trying to enter into my dad's world, my mom had a really huge influence on the way that I interact with my children and the way that I interact with my husband. I'm always without knowing it, I was looking to her to understand what it is to be a woman in this world. And then seeing my daughter and realizing it's like, wow, what all of the day-to-day interactions that she has with me is coming through into her world because she is always looking to me for that information. So as I was building these characters, that was very, very much on my mind um, about how mothers and daughters impact one another, sometimes in secret ways. So I say that the biggest secret and the secret keepers of Old Depot Grocery is how mothers and like mothers pass things on down to their daughters, either intentionally or unintentionally. Mm, Wow. That's so true. (laughs) And (laughs) it's so interesting because being a daughter and I also, I have two daughters and a son, but um, it's so interesting, the dynamic between mothers and daughters. and, and the, yeah, unintentionally passing th- things down. I'm sure that you saw that in your counseling work too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so you mentioned that when you started to stay home with the kids is when you really got into writing. So did you always love to write though? Was it something that was kind of in the back of your mind that you wanted to do? Can you tell us kind of how your path your career path went with that part of your career? Sure. I, um, I was always been a lover of stories for as long as I can remember, like the library was my place to be. I was 
just devoured anything I could get my hands on. So I always loved stories. There was always a part of me that wanted to write stories, um, but I didn't really have an idea of how to do it or where to start. And um, through growing up, I'm always like, I've always been a writer in the sense that that's how I process things. Um, Growing up, if I didn't understand a situation or I was feeling something really deeply and I didn't know how um, to process that, I would get out pen and paper and that's how I processed everything. So that was always a part of who I was. And then um, staying home, you know, there were some different circumstances that went on in my life. And I'd always been one to like process things on paper, um, just very straightforward. But Mm -hmm. I was going through a season that was really difficult. And I was kind of, it was one of those moments where I was kind of tired of looking at it. It's one of those things where I I had looked at it from every angle and I processed it it from every angle, but the emotions were still there. And so I started playing around with this story and I had characters who were going through completely different circumstances than I was, but they were still um, experiencing some of the same emotions that I was experiencing. So I kind mm-hmm. of used this story as a way to process the feelings, but it let me kind of step back from my own situation and process feelings on paper with different characters. Um, so that's kind of how I started. And then once I finished one thing, I was like, you know, I really love this. And I kind of clicked into that storyteller mindset. It just really came alive inside of me. And I was like, I have to write more. Mm, that's cool. So was that first, um, that like experimenting with it, was that, did that turn into a novel that was released or, or no? Um, it did not turn into a novel that was released, but I did complete it. And it was kind of that book that taught me how to write. And, um, I don't know that I'll ever see, it it won't ever see the light of day in its current state, but, um, it's definitely dear to my heart for that reason, because it really taught me how to write a novel. And it kind of sparked that I can actually, I can actually write this. I can really do this. Sure. Yeah. Um, So then how did you go from, you know, processing your emotions through writing fictional characters to actually getting that first novel published? So that kind of was an interesting uh, journey. Um, so the second thing that I decided to write, I kind of got this idea for it driving home from a car trip. I was like, you know, I've written this one thing. I really feel like that's probably more for myself. I'd like to write more. Um, and so as I was driving, the kids were really small then they were two, four and six and they were asleep. So I had a moment of actual quiet, uh, (laughs) to think and let my mind wander. And so I prayed and I was like, no, Lord, I would like to write more stories, um, but I only want to write it. There's so many amazing authors out there. There's so many amazing voices. But if there's something specifically that you have for me that you want me to write that's meant for others, then, you know, help me see what that is. And, you know, no no amazing moment happened. It was just one of those kind of um, prayers that were sort of offered up. I was driving along, um, about 30 minutes later, I look over and in the median of the highway, there's like a baby bouncer, like an extra saucer, like someone had just placed it there. (laughs) And it was just so strange. It was just one of those things that just caught my attention. It was so strange. So I was like, Hmm, there's a story. And so I started thinking about, uh, these characters kind of came to life in my mind. And so I wrote this novel and it took 
several years and it had a kind of a strange publication story, but that became my first uh, published novel that was, it was released uh, in 2020. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So um, what are you working on now? Can you tell us about that? Um, I don't have anything specific that I can share just yet, um, but mm. I have taken up the hobby of beekeeping this past spring, and I'm really wanting to bring that into the next story that I'm working on right now. Oh, cool. Um, so this is a question I ask all my guests. How do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present? I would say that there's always something that can be learned from looking into the past. Um, with the stories that I write, I look specifically at what we can learn in those family stories in the past that we can bring forward. Um, and sometimes we can learn a better way forward. And sometimes there are things that we want to bring with us and incorporate um, into our lives and continuing traditions and continuing a legacy. Yeah, that's cool. So Amanda, this has been a wonderful conversation. What is the best way for listeners to follow you? Um, you can find me on my website, amandacoxwrites.com. And then I hang out a lot on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you search Amanda Cox Writes, you'll be able to find me there. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great to chat with you. So my friends, the secret keepers of Old Depot Grocery, make sure you check it out and um, check out the links in the show notes at allisontreat.com slash blog or on Apple Podcasts. I know that the show notes are right in the app. So maybe that's true of whatever podcatcher you use also, even if it's not Apple Podcasts. Um, but do check them out and check out the links and um, follow Amanda and all that good stuff. Now, I want to leave you as usual with a quote. This one comes from Edward Selner. He said, we inherit from our ancestors gifts so often taken for granted. Each of us contains within this inheritance of the soul. We are links between the ages, containing past and present expectations, sacred memories, and future promise. So my friends, keep reading historical fiction and learning about your own family history. And I will talk to you again next week when I hope I am more familiar with my new setup and able to bring you a more polished episode. 